Welcome to Celebration Church Online. We are so glad that you joined us. We want you to share this broadcast with as many people as you can. We believe that it will bless and encourage us all in this season. Remember to continue reaching out to your loved ones. Stay connected with each other, especially with your cell family. The Bible gives us a pattern to look out for one another. Let's speak His word and His strength will carry us through. Continue checking our social media platforms for updates on Facebook and WhatsApp. We encourage you to share this content with all your friends and family. Well, we're back and uh, I am so excited about kind of a little series that I feel that God is leading me to direct you as believers and the church in. We talked last week about repentance and how repentance begins with God. I, I want to pick up on that a little bit, but I, I want to go back to a foundation scripture. It's actually called the foundations of our faith. And I, I want to kind of be there for the next few weeks. We want to talk about uh, these uh, pairings. There's, there's pairings. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk to you about them out of Hebrews chapter 6. So if you want to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 3 this morning. We're going to be talking about the subjects of repentance, faith, resurrection, and judgment. There, there's, there's just uh, baptisms. There's, there's a host of things in here. Hebrews 6 verses 1 through 3 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, the doctrine of baptism, the laying out of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. What I want you to notice is that there are three pairings in this verse. Repentance from dead works and faith towards God. The doctrine of baptism, or baptisms it says, and laying out of hands. The resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These pair and they work together. They're couplings that work together and we're going to be looking at those over the next few weeks. Right now, I want to go back to that topic of repentance. Repentance from dead works and then faith towards God. We'll see how far we get with repentance today. Psalm 32, verses 1 through 5 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. Boy, that was David crying out to God. Everything had dried up for him. He'd lost everything. And he says, but when I confessed my transgressions to the Lord, he forgave the iniquity of my sin. So we also hear this same cry in Matthew 15, verses 1 through 9. It says, then came Jesus to the scribes and Pharisees which were in Jerusalem, saying, or the, the, the scribes and Pharisees came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God your, by your tradition? 
For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother. And he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But you say, Whoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, and honor not his father and mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah the prophet say of you, This people draws near to me with their mouth, but, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. You know, when we read the Bible, a passage can look pretty straightforward when we read it superficially. It can seem to also be obscure when you look at it more closely, and then straightforward again when you read it in its context. Now, bearing this in mind, uh, we have to understand that we have to know what was the original audience when Jesus or when uh, the Bible speaks, David or whoever it is. If we apply this to the references regarding the six doctrines that are set forth in the book of Hebrews, we have to realize that these were referencing practices that were understood by the Jewish followers of Christ. Although they're part of the New Testament understanding, their roots are deeply embedded in Old Testament practices. Baptisms, for example, is the it's in the plural. It says baptisms in the book of Hebrews, because the Jews had multiple rituals that required what was called ceremonial washings. These washings, or these baptisms, depicted a symbolic transfer of sin from the sinner or from the whole nation to the sacrifice in the tabernacle or the temple. Now, when we study the Word of God as a, a general rule or a rule of interpretation, when you come to a difficult passage, or for that matter, all Scripture, you have to begin with what the straightforward meaning or the straightforward understanding of that Scripture means. What do we see that's plain? Not the obscure text. You see, starting from the obscure is the origin of a lot of heresy in the body of Christ. And there are those in the church today that have made doctrines around a passage of Scripture or have caused division in the body of Christ fighting over some obscure or difficult verses. And, it makes, and, and they, they make it hard. And they make hard cases for things that can't be substantiated. <laughs> we have to follow the rule of biblical interpretation if we're going to get anywhere. If certain passages are obscure or they're not clear, they should be guided by the verses that are in plain sight and are straightforward. And we don't follow those obscure ones. Why am I saying this? It's because there's probably been more debate around the doctrine of baptism and the doctrine of laying out of hands than almost any other teaching outside of the rapture. <laughs> and people get very worked up over their understanding and their beliefs, and they end up dividing the body of Christ. We have to be willing to study, but we are never to quarrel. The Holy Spirit is teaching us all things, and if we give Him enough time and apply ourselves to serious study, we'll be able to build up rather than to puff up. We'll be able to encourage rather than to tear down. So today when we talk about this issue of repentance from dead works, it has a connection with faith towards God. Let me just review a little bit and elaborate what I said last week about repentance. Last week I said that repentance, the definition is that it's a change of mind. 
accompanied by regret and sorrow that leads to a change in behavior. It's an about turn. It's uh, turning 180 degrees from sin towards God and asking him what his will is in your life, in your situation. Repentance was an essential part of the gospel, but it's also an essential part of the gospel in the Old Times, in the Old Testament times. Ezekiel 33 says this, verses 11 through 16. As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, none of his righteous works shall be remembered. But because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die if he turns from his sin and does that which is lawful and right. If the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live and he shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful. He has done what is right. He shall surely live. Boy, can you, can you see the elements? They're all there from the, the Old Testament. They're all, everything we've been talking about, turning away from sin, doing what is lawful, doing what is right, making restitution. If you've broken uh, a relationship, restore it. If you've stolen something, make sure it's made back. Giving up on reliance of your own righteousness. <laughs> of course, repentance is equally important in the Gospels. Jesus started his whole message with the message of repentance. In Matthew 4, verse 17, it says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, <laughs> for the kingdom of heaven is at his hand. This message is throughout the Bible. Repent. After Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, his message was a message of repentance. He said, Repent, in Acts 3.19. He says, Repent, therefore. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I'll tell you what, repentance opens you up for refreshing. It opens you up for what God has for you for your future. You know, the, the, the leaders of the early church in Jerusalem, when it came to the argument that Peter had made for the fact that the Gentiles had come to the knowledge of Christ. Well, they glorified God saying this in Acts 18. It says, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. You notice how they, they tied life to repentance? There is no life without repentance. There is no life without repentance. Let me say it again. But why does it say repentance from dead works here in Hebrews 6? In Hebrews 6, 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works 
and of faith towards God. I think that's an important term. And it's only used twice in the scriptures. Here in Hebrews 6, and then again in Hebrews 9.14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Those are powerful scriptures. How much more will the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse your conscience so that you can serve the living God? Now, I love these passages of scripture, but it really doesn't explain that idea, that term. Perhaps we can find the answer somewhere else. Maybe it's not going to be found in these exact words. But I think we might see it in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To the angel of the church in Sardis, write this, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. I think these are the works of someone who is going through the motions. They perform rituals. They give money. They appear to do what's right. They come to church. They, they do all the things in an attempt to satisfy God and to earn his favor. This naturally links with references that we were talking about earlier, about washings or baptisms. You see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were masters of taking these Old Testament practices and turning them into some kind of convoluted ritual. They got hung up on the ceremonial, but they completely missed the underlying lessons about being holy personally, about purity, about kindness. They had a form of godliness that denied the power thereof. Mark 7, verses 1 through 13, it says, And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled hands, that is to say, with unwashed hands. They found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they washed their hands often, eat not, holding the tradition of elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots and brazen vessels and, table and tables. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? But they eat bread with unwashed hands. He answered and said unto them, Well, has Isaiah the prophet said about you, you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Howbeit in vain they do worship me in teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold to the tradition of men. That's like washing of pots and cups and hands and many other things like you like to do. But he said unto them, Full will you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whoso curses his father or mother, let him die. Let him die the death. But you say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, It is korban, that is to say, it's a gift by which thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or for his mother making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such like things you do. You see, Jesus was dealing with a tradition back then. These men, especially the priests, they, they thought because they served God, they didn't have to give tithes or offerings. In fact, they didn't have to take care of their mother or father because they were serving God. And, and, and if you're serving God, they were the gift to their parents. They felt somehow that, hey, uh, I don't have to do anything for my parents because I'm the gift. And just me serving God blesses them. And they're blessed. 
Well, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, no, 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 no. He says, you, you must repent. You're a hypocrite. You have a form of godliness. You're trying to earn this. You think that by serving me you're, and, and by doing all this stuff that somehow I'm impressed. No. No, see, repentance from dead works. All these things that we call works. Man, Jesus hates dead works. You can't earn your salvation. You can't earn a place with God. Jesus paid for it all. You know, I, I think this is well summarized in the words of Isaiah. Uh, in, in, in Isaiah 29, 13, Jesus, and Jesus quoted it in Matthew 15, 7, 1 through 13, where I just read. And, he, and here's what Jesus said. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah the prophet, prophet say about you. These people draw near me with their mouth, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And they worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. God's warning is clear to you and I. Proverbs says it this way, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. In fact, twice it says that in the Proverbs. So these are called dead works. It seems right, but it leads to death. Because they're called dead works because they're carried out by those who are religious, but not saved. They are works that come from death. But they also lead to death because people rely on them instead of the work that Jesus Christ did when he died on Calvary's cross. Sadly, there's still so many religious people today who focus only on ritual and ceremony for getting God, for getting what he really wants altogether. What, is, what does God want us to do with these dead works? Well, it's very simple. He commands us to repent from dead works. This means we have to turn away from all attempts to save ourselves. If our good deeds come from a heart that is dead to God, they lead to complete spiritual death. When we turn away from these dead works and we repent, we can then turn to God and the way that He has prepared for us. This leads me to the idea that is coupled with repentance in this verse. Faith towards God. I don't think I have time today to touch on faith towards God. But next week I want to talk to you how out of a heart of repentance comes this great life. A turning away is a turning towards something. And it's turning towards faith towards God. So come back next week and I want to minister to you about faith towards God. But right now, while you're there, if, if, if God's pricked your heart, if you have a, a need to... Uh, Deal with an area of repentance in your life. Right now is the time. There's some numbers on the screen. Give someone a call. Talk to them. Repent. Tell them, hey, I'm not alive to God. I've been doing stuff thinking that, but I'm empty. I'm empty. See, God doesn't want you empty. God wants you to have a heart of faith. God wants you to have a, a, a life uh, that's vibrant and living with him. So today, if you hear his voice, Let's take this foundational truth and repent. Turn away from our reliance on dead works. Turn to God. Turn to Him in faith. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice today. I'm asking, Lord, that you'll use this word to help us study your scriptures. Help us to dig deeper and find out that you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. That you have a desire for us to turn away from things that are causing death and destruction and 
evil, not only in our lives, but in the world and in our nation. Father, we're asking that you would help us to repent today. Help us to turn to you. We found out last week that repentance starts with God. But we have a part to play in it this week. We can't be religious. We can't just work our way into heaven. So we turn to you today. If you've praying, if you feel like you need to pray this prayer, pray it now. Just say, Jesus, I need an abiding relationship with you. Would you come into my heart? Would you help me to come to repentance today? May I come to you by faith. May I become all I'm supposed to be in Jesus. I turn from my sinfulness. I turn from my wickedness. I turn from my iniquity. And I turn towards you. Help me now to walk by faith. If you prayed that prayer, call somebody. Tell them. Come and fellowship. Be a part of a local church. We love you. We'll see you again next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe, stay blessed, stay connected.